Welcome to the Bible Truth Podcast with Ron and Tim Reynolds, pastors and Bible teachers. Pastor Ron and Pastor Tim combined for more than 70 years of teaching and preaching God's Word. Listen now as they share the eternal truths of the Bible. Well, in this session, we're going to look at Romans chapter 2 and uh, verse uh, 17 through verses, uh, verse 17 through 29. We'll finish up the chapter in this session. Now, let me remind you that uh, Paul's main goal in writing to the church at Rome uh, was to show uh, the people in that church and anyone else that would read uh, the letter to the Romans that um, both Jews and Gentiles were guilty before God of sin. Why? Well, because we're all sinners. Now, the Jews felt like they were superior to the Gentiles because they had the law and whatever, but Paul wants to drive home to them. They are just as guilty of being a sinner as any Gentile dog that they, that's what they would call them. They felt superior because, uh, you know, they, uh, claimed Abraham as their founder and and uh, then Moses the giver of the law these were all these were Jewish men and and so they felt very proud of their heritage so to speak and it seems to be that uh, the Jews thought their heritage would count somehow with uh, God to get them to heaven and uh, the apostle Paul who is a Jew himself is <laughs> he's tearing down that argument so it's like Paul is in a court of law and he's arguing his case to prove that both Jew and Gentile is guilty of sin and uh, they cannot help themselves all right uh, only God can help them now let's get into verse 17 Paul writes behold thou art called a Jew uh, the name Jew comes from, uh, most Bible scholars believe, comes from one of the sons of Jacob who was named Judah. And then later, later on, of course, uh, the uh, uh, Jerusalem in that area would be called Judea. So uh, that's where the, uh, the, you might say, a slang word Jew comes from. Uh, Behold, thou art a Jew and restest in the law and makest thy boast of God. Now let's just take that verse and talk about it for a moment. He is saying, you Jews, you rest in the law. Uh, That's your confidence. That's your, you know, your your, uh, assurance uh, is in the fact that uh, you have the law. And some of them thought because they had the Mosaic law, that qualified them for heaven automatically. But Paul's going to tear down that argument. He's telling them what they, what they uh, have put their faith in, and then he'll, he'll go from there. <clears throat> Look, please, at verse 17. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and resteth in the law, and makest thy boast of God, which means they felt like they were superior that uh, God was, uh, you know, they had a corner on God, so to speak, that only Jews could um, could claim God, Gentiles couldn't. And uh, so they were very proud. Uh, for one to boast means they're proud. And then he says in verse 18, uh, along the same lines, he's saying, Thou art called a Jew, and knowest his will. Uh, you claim because you're a Jew that you know as well. Gentiles don't know God's will, but you claim you do because you're a Jew. And approvest the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. 
they felt like the Jews did because Moses, a Jew, God uh, spoke through him to give them the law. And so they felt like that they could only understand the law. Only the Jews could. And he says here that um, uh, you claim you know as well uh, and approve us of the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law. You think that you are the only ones that understand the law. And then he says in verse 19, and are confident. Now they had some confidence, but in what? In the Lord Jesus Christ? No. He says, and are confident that thou thyself are a guide to the blind a light to them which are in darkness. You see, he is saying to all the Jewish people, uh, you think you're superior. You think you are a guide to the blind and a light to those that are in darkness. The truth was they were needed. They were in darkness themselves and they needed somebody to lead them out of their darkness. They were in spiritual darkness, but they thought they were in the light. Is it possible for a person to be in spiritual darkness and yet think that they they have the light of God? Uh, evidently, that's, that's what Paul is saying here in regards to the Jews. They're confident. They're confident in themselves. We have the law. Oh, we are the good ones. We guide the blind and we lead those out of darkness when they were in darkness themselves. And then verse 20, he says... An instructor of the foolish. You claim to be, you know, a teacher, uh, so to speak, of those who are foolish. But they were the ones that were foolish, was the, the Jews. An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Well, bottom line was they felt like they, only, they were the only ones that understood the law, and they were the only ones that could teach the meaning of the law. Verse 21. Thou therefore, again he's speaking to the Jewish people, to the nation of Israel, thou therefore which teachest another, you claim to be teachers of the law, teachest thou not thyself? See the implication is there, you are teaching others, but you need, the teacher needs to be taught. That's what he's saying. Teachest not thyself, thou that preachest, a man should not steal. Dost thou steal? Whoa. Uh, he is really putting the burden on them here. He, uh, he's bringing them down. You know, they're up here thinking they're the spiritual elite, and he's beginning to bring them down in order that they might understand that they were sinners, that the law could not save them and that they would trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But he's got, to, he's got to tear down their confidence before they can be led to a knowledge of Christ. And then he says in verse 22, Thou that sayest, again he's speaking to the Jews, Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery. Dost thou commit adultery? Question mark. Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Now, uh, of course, we understand what he means here by, you know, you, you say uh, that a man should not commit adultery. That was one of, uh, of course, the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not uh, uh, commit adultery. And uh, then uh, he says, do you do it? You tell others 
the the point Paul is making here is that you Jews tell others not to commit adultery while you're committing adultery yourself. In other words, he was calling them hypocrites. And then he says here, uh, and, uh, and thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Now, that's, uh, that's a hard uh, statement to interpret. Uh, Bible scholars interpret it in different ways. Uh, of course, they abhorred idols. At this time, they did. Of course, uh, Israel got involved in idol worship back in the Old Testament. But he says, you that abhor idols, you don't want any graven images. And of course, the Bible uh, speaks against that. Uh, then he says, does thou commit sacrilege? Now, uh, it's possible that this means, do you rob uh, the temple? Uh, that would be committing sacrilege if they were to. You see, some of these uh, uh, people that were involved in taking care of the Jewish temple, all the tithes and money that came in, uh, in instead of uh, making sure all of it got to where it should go, they were raking part of it off. They were committing sacrilege against the temple of God. Uh, that could be the accusation that he's making here. Um, you know, you've probably read where there have been uh, treasures of churches that have embezzled uh, the church in some way and stolen money that had been given to the church, but the, the, the treasurer or um, the, uh, the person um, in charge of the money um, embezzled it. That's happened before. And uh, he may be calling them embezzlers here. Um, but you, you, you won't have anything to do with idols, but, but you take money away from God's work, is what he's saying. Or it could mean that uh, some of them, uh, some of the Jews, though they hated idols, they raided uh, pagan temples and took the idols, okay? Then they would take the idols and sell them back to other pagans and take the money for themselves. Well, that, maybe that's the meaning there. Well, regardless, they were hypocritical. And then he goes on to say in, um, in verse 23, Thou that makest thy boast of the law, uh, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God. Now look at that. He said you boast of, of, of knowing the law and having the law, but you break the law. You, you commit adultery. You steal from God. You do these things, and you, when you break the law of God, you're, you're dishonoring God. See, he was trying to get them to see their sinfulness. And before a person can see that they are a sinner, they can never be saved. And so he's, uh, Paul is uh, doing his best to convince the Gentiles that they are sinners, and now he's picking on the Jews. Uh, verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. Now, what does he mean here? He means that um, the Gentiles uh, have looked at the Jews and saw their hypocrisy. And uh, they were a bad influence, the Jews were, on the Gentiles. That's, that's what he's saying. You make your boast of the law, but you break the law 
and that's dishonoring God. And that, uh, you know, verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. you. You made God look bad. That's what he's saying to these Jewish people. Now then he goes into the subject of circumcision because some of them were depending upon their physical circumcision in order to get them to heaven. They thought because, you know, uh, God had given uh, the, uh, the ritual, you might say, of circumcision, a, a physical cutting away of the flesh of the male, um, that they, you know, it's kind of like some people depend on their baptism today or their church membership to get them to heaven. Well, these Jews were dependent upon their circumcision because it differentiated them from the Gentiles. They didn't get circumcised, but the Jewish men did. I don't know what they, uh, I don't know how they uh, dealt with Jewish women because they didn't circumcise the women, they circumcised the men. Does that mean only the men could go to heaven? The Jewish men? Well, I don't know. But he, he goes on to say in verse 25 For circumcision verily profiteth. Now, the profit in circumcision was obeying God. You know, uh, God. Um, gave the ritual of circumcision to Abraham, and uh, then it was passed down to Isaac and Jacob, and, and then to the 12 tribes of Israel. It was something that, it was a sign from God that, that, that they were God's chosen earthly people with great responsibilities to God. You see, um, to whom much is given, much is required. God had given them the ritual of circumcision. Now he required them to be separate from uh, the sinful nations, the pagan nations, but they, they weren't. They blended right in. Now look please at verse 26. I beg your pardon, verse 25. For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. See, notice the if there, that's the condition. It'll profit you, but you, you, you've got to be a keeper of the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So if you, uh, if you claim that you're special because you uh, circumcise the, the, the male children, and, and of course uh, that's what they did, uh, and you think you're distinct because of that, well, he says here, if you don't keep the law, you're just like a Gentile. That's what he means here when he says, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. By not keeping the law, by not obeying God, their circumcision didn't mean anything. It had no meaning. Because the circumcision and the law were to go together, but if they didn't keep the law, circumcision didn't count for anything. They're just like a pagan or a, or a Gentile. Verse 26, and the reason he's dealing with circumcision here is because the Jews thought circumcision was, you know, something that would gain, um, you know, approval of God and get him into heaven. He says in verse 26, therefore, if the uncircumcision, that's the Gentiles, keep the righteousness of the law, if the Gentiles keep the Jewish law, Shall not his circum uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Now don't get confused here. He's speaking to Jews, and he's now he says to the Jews, look, if the Gentiles keep the law, you're not keeping it, but if they do, shall not 
his uncircumcision, in other words, the Gentile that's not been physically circumcised, will not God count that for circumcision? You see, circumcision was a sign that the Jews were separate from, from the Gentiles, but it had a deeper spiritual meaning that, that they didn't get, and they did not get it even in the days of the Apostle Paul, let alone back in the Old Testament. They thought the physical sign was the, the important thing. No, no, no. The physical sign, the cutting away, symbolized the cutting away of sin in a spiritual way, a spiritual scaffold, so to, so to speak. When a person trusts Christ as their Savior, God cuts away the skin uh, of the heart. Now, this may be too you know, symbolic for some folks, but that's, that's the truth of it. That's spiritual circumcision. Every person, whether Jew or Gentile, that has trusted Christ as his or her Savior have been spiritually circumcised. But, but uh, um, it's a circumcision of the heart. Okay, well, well, we'll get into that more detail. Watch this. Verse 27. And shall not uncircumcision which is, speaking of the Gentiles, which is by nature, so he's saying there that, you know, all males are, are uh, born uncircumcised, even the, the Jewish, uh, you know, they circumcise the, the, the boy children, what, at eight days uh, old, uh, and they, they waited then so that the, the blood would clot and there would not be uh, a problem there. And so... But before those, before before the eighth day, they were uncircumcised. The Jewish uh, boys were, and shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law. Again, speaking of the Gentile that is keeping the law of God, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law, who by the letter and circumcision does. Doest transgress the law? Question mark. In other words, he's saying you've got the uh, you you circumcise your 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 male children, and you have the letter, you have the law, but he says you're transgressing the law, you're breaking the law, even though you're keeping the law of circumcision by your works, your evil works, you're canceling circumcision out. Look at verse twenty-eight. Now then, watch this. He says, for he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, speaking of uh, a, a person that is a physical offspring of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His, you know, his person. He is not a Jew, which is one outwardly in the flesh. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. He's simply saying, just because you have been circumcised, speaking to the, the, the male Jews, uh, you, because you've been uh, circumcised, um, you're not, you think you're a real Jew, but you're not. Now he's going to explain what a real Jew is. But he is a Jew, verse 29, which is one inwardly. Uh, see, they were hung up on the outward uh, cutting away of the flesh, physical. And they thought that was, you know, what was important. But Paul is teaching them that's not what is what is important. What is important is that your heart be circumcised. 
Look what he says. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart. Now, it's not talking about the heart that pumps the blood. That's not what it's referring to. When you see in the Bible, talking about the heart, it means the inner man. It means the inner being. Uh, it means the spirit. You know, we are body, uh, soul, and spirit. We can't see our soul and spirit, but our soul and spirit are eternal, and they are what gives life to our body. Now, when our body dies, if we're saved, our spirit and soul goes to heaven. If we're not saved, our spirit and soul goes to hell. You have that uh, illustrated in Luke chapter 16 with the rich man and Lazarus. But notice he says here, But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. See, this, the, he's speaking of the, the, the spirit being the, the inward man, the heart, and not in the letter. In other words, it's not physical circumcision here we're talking about. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. In other words, a real Jew has had their heart changed. That's right. They've had their heart changed. Okay? Uh, sometimes they're called completed Jews. When a Jew trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior, uh, they're called completed Jews. Uh, and I think that's probably a pretty good title uh, because uh, uh, they are Jews by uh, physical birth, uh, but they are true Jews by spiritual birth, which is being born again. That, that's what Paul is driving at here, uh, and he says, whose praise is not of men but of God. In other words, God, uh, those that have been circumcised in heart, they're the ones that's pleasing God, and they're the ones that praise God. They're not looking for the praise of men. They want to be pleasing to God. And so basically what uh, uh, the Apostle Paul has done here uh, in, um, in chapter 2 is uh, once again he has uh, taught them that God is a good God, but he's also taught them that uh, God is no respecter of persons. He wants the Jews to understand that. You know, God had a purpose for the Jews. There's no question there. God's chosen earthly people, and they have a purpose. But when it comes to salvation, God will, God is no respecter of persons. All right? Whosoever will, Jew or Gentile, whosoever, let him come and take of the water of life freely. And so verse 11 says, for there is no respect of persons with God. He's trying to show these Gentiles and Jews, look, it's not your heritage that God is concerned about. It's whether you have trusted his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. God is no respecter. God is not willing that any Jew or Gentile should perish, but that all Jew or Gentile should come to repentance. And then in the session I've just given, 17 through 29, uh, he drives home to the Jew that they, they can't rest in the fact that they are the ones that God gave the law to, and they're the ones that God gave circumcision to. He's trying to show them that uh, there's, there is more to it than your heritage uh, or your claim upon the law. Uh, and the important thing is that your heart be changed, you, that you have a spiritual surgery on your heart, cutting away the sin of the inner man and being a new creature in Christ. Well, we'll uh, go into chapter 3, which uh, when we get into chapter 3, uh, he is going to discuss the advantage that Jews have over Gentiles, and, and they do. Uh, but uh, the final verdict will be that Jew and Gentiles are both 
guilty before God of being sinners. Why? For all have sinned, Jew or Gentile, and come short of the glory of God. You've been listening to the Bible Truth Podcast with your host pastors, Tim and Ron Reynolds. They can be contacted on the Mount Vernon Baptist Temple Facebook page, or you may send Pastor Tim an email to T-I-M-R-E-Y-1 at hotmail.com. Or if you prefer, mail correspondence to Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Again, that's Bible Truth Podcast, 817 Woodland Drive, Mount Vernon, Illinois, 62864. Thank you for listening.